What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined, as always, by David Lake, coming at you, um, I guess we were just talking about, about three weeks before Miami's yeah. supposed to open up the season against UAB. David, how uh, how you doing on this Thursday morning? Doing good, man. And yeah, three weeks away. I will have to admit, I, I am definitely more and more optimistic with each passing day that they're going to get the season started. So, you know, it definitely seems like schools are, are pushing forward. There are some schools out there that have taken a couple days off uh, due to outbreaks on the campus. And, and I guess some of that has, you know, come to the football programs at, in small numbers at those schools. But, you know, those the way it seems like everyone's going to try and handle it is those are isolated incidents. We got to just keep pushing forward, which I think is the right call. I mean, if you can contact trace all this stuff um, and, and, and manage uh, any positive tests, et cetera, uh, you got to do that, isolate them and, and keep it moving. So anyways, overall, I, I do feel good about, um, you know, them getting the start of the season going on September yeah. 10th. I mean, some examples of, I guess, positive stuff would be, you know, Notre Dame, I think they went online classes or they're going to for two weeks and then yeah. uh, they shut down football practices for two days. But then like an hour later, they announced that they're hosting USF on later to open up the season. So, right. uh, and then you got Florida State who's like, yo, let's just, we're going to let anyone come and tailgate in, in Tallahassee. So, I guess yeah, I there's mean, reasons. And, and Florida State's not the only one, right? I mean, SEC schools still have this these plans of, you know, 20,000 to 30,000 fans in the stadium. So, you know, everyone is putting, at least putting up the front of, hey, we're going to get this thing going. Um, can they pull it off? I still think, you know, it's not a 100% type thing. Like, everyone still has to handle their business. Um, but yes, I do feel like, the ball is going to kick off for Miami on September 10th. Um, well, let's kind of get into it since practices are underway for Miami. I think one of the biggest nuggets um, or developments has been the fact that Avante Williams, the blue chip safety that Miami beat out Florida for uh, on national signing day, kind of pulled off that shocker. It has been determined that he will not play this season due to a medical issue. Uh, Manny Diaz didn't really go into much detail. I've kind of asked around and uh, everyone's being kind of hush on what exactly has happened. But um, Avante isn't going to play in 2020. And it seems like it's not like a COVID-related issue. So uh, hopefully everything's fine with him. I think um, from what I heard, they're, they're expecting him to to recover from whatever it is. Uh, to me, this really isn't that big of a deal. I think me and you thought maybe Avante could work his way into the back end of a rotation or be a, maybe a nickel guy. But uh, if there's one position where Miami could afford to lose someone, it was probably safety. I agree. It's it you know if things go as according to plan, it's it's not the biggest deal, right? But, you know, with this, you know, COVID situation looming week to week, let's say an outbreak happens with your top three safeties and, and they have to be out. 
in that situation, then, you know, it would have been nice to have a guy like Avante on your roster, but obviously I'm just bringing up worst case scenario. Um, but yeah, overall, I do agree. Not the biggest deal for this year's uh, team. You just hope, you know, everything's cool with Avante in terms of getting healthy, getting back to hundred percent, makes a full recovery, et cetera. I know he was, I mean, obviously he's a good player. He was a top 50 player in the country. He was my favorite player probably in the state of Florida last cycle, just to watch and, and the, the ability he brings at safety. So uh, definitely stinks. We're not going to see him this year, but again, it's good that Miami found out whatever issues it was early and they can address it. And hopefully that means he can have a, a career at Miami in the future. I mean, knock on wood if uh, I'm sitting at a wood desk, but you know, no big injuries out of Miami's camp or that first scrimmage so far. Um, And and you kind of always have to expect, I mean, something happens every year. So maybe this is, this is like one of those type of injuries, although it doesn't seem like this is anything that happened on the practice field. It appears to be my guess, and this is complete speculation. So I don't want to be quoted or anything on it i i think there was maybe a medical screening and probably something right. came up. that's that's what i would assume that's the impression i got from what manny diaz told us um i agree i'm not reporting that or anything but i think that's kind of what happened he was checking in you know as as all freshmen do as all players do at the start of a season and and they might have found some some stuff that they wanted to address medically so hopefully that like i said hopefully that means they they can uh you know, address those issues. And hopefully that means that Avante can continue his football career safely moving forward because he is a heck of a player. Number two, big nugget storyline out of camp. And I guess we should preface this by saying we are taping Thursday morning before the media availability. So, I mean, maybe something crazy, I'm not saying something crazy is going to (laughs) happen, but like, you know, there could be some development and that's why we're not covered on the podcast, but uh, big storyline. We talked about this on the last episode. You kept kind of like bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up. Uh, Bradley Jennings Jr. is the working with the first team linebackers, and I believe that is according to Zach McLeod. Um, surprising? I, I, I think so. Yeah, I will say I'm surprised about that. I, I will say Manny kind of brought it up, right, after the scrimmage. He didn't necessarily say – he didn't necessarily come out and say Bradley Jennings is our starting middle linebacker right now. He kind of said like he's working some at middle linebacker. And when he does, Zach McLeod moves to the will, to the weak side spot. Um, and so, yeah, I asked Zach, you know, how much is he working with the first team, et cetera. And Zach kind of confirmed, yeah, he is getting some first team reps um, at middle linebacker. And when that happens, Zach does go to the will. Uh, I, I kind of get the impression that it's still, there's still a rotation happening. Like I, I think the coaches are still trying to figure out whether it's best to go with those two veterans or go with Zach McLeod and one of those younger, more athletic guys at weak side. But I do think it is safe to say that Bradley Jennings is going to be a part of the playing rotation in some way this year. And why is that a surprise? I mean, maybe it's unfair, but I, 
I had my doubts that he would ever be kind of a, a rotational player at Miami because of his injury that he sustained in the spring of 2019. It, I guess it was a hip injury, which is always, you know, anytime the hip uh, is an issue, that's, that's always a serious injury in football. And uh, I kind of just assumed, I guess, that that injury would, would make things tough for him in terms of getting on the field at Miami. But credit to Bradley. He has worked his way through that injury and, and recovered. And, you know, according to Manny, according to Zach, he, he's playing fairly well. I think the thing that Bradley brings to the table that the coaching staff will love is he's a veteran guy. He's a red shirt junior and he knows the defense in and out. And so while he doesn't bring the athletic ability of, of like a Sam Brooks or a Avery Huff, or even those freshmen, probably Corey flag and Tyreek Austin cave, he does know what to do. He does have instincts in terms of sniffing out what an offense is trying to do. So we've seen in the past, you know, I said in the last podcast that this staff does defer to the older players, uh, whether you like that or not. Um, and so I think with that in mind, Bradley Jennings is going to definitely get a chance to be Miami's starting middle linebacker this year. And we'll see how that plays out the rest of camp. I mean, my initial thought is maybe Manny is, is trying to light a fire under uh, Sam Brooks and sure. Avery Huff. And, but then I, I go back into my head, uh, this right. defensive staff always really kind of leans on its veteran guys. And it's weird to call Bradley Jennings a veteran, but he has been around the program. I mean, albeit yeah. norm normally in street clothes, but he's been around um, and he's been in that meeting room. So, you know, maybe uh, first couple of games, he, he's the guy and, and, and we see the snaps get increased for maybe some of those uh, other ones. And it seems like, I don't know, if, did Zach bring this up or, I mean, I know Manny kind of really hyped, um, this kid up in, in, in the post scrimmage, uh, Corey flag. Like I, right. I've seen some photos of him and I'm like, I've, I'm actually kind of like impressed. I mean, again, I haven't seen him move around or anything, but, um, I, I'm surprised he, his name is coming up this early on. Cause I think I, I would have thought Tyreek Austin cave would have been a guy who had a better chance to make an impact year one. Well, Manny did hype up both of them, right? He said both of those young linebackers, have been showing some hard-hitting ability uh, in that first scrimmage. But yes, I, I'm with you in that I assumed Tyreek Austin Cave was, of the two, best suited to make an impact this year, maybe in some small role. But it does seem like Corey Flagg is emerging as, as that type of player as well. So I think both those guys have a shot to earn some small role. Um, I think the bottom line is, Manny is excited about those young linebackers. Like he brought them up on his own. Um, and so what does that mean this year? I'm not sure it means much, um, but I, you know, it probably helps with, with special teams and, and, and stuff like that. Um, next talking point or kind of thing I, I wrote down in my notes that I really wanted to get into um, is the reports that came out on Wednesday that the NCAA is going to allow players to preserve a season of eligibility 
regardless of how many games they participate in uh, in 2020. Uh, yeah. The Athletic reported, or I guess someone told the Athletic that seniors would be exempt from scholarship limits in the 2021 season. Uh, so what does that mean? I mean, if the NCAA is saying all these guys could come back or you can play in a game and not lose a season of eligibility, uh, and then you have an incoming class of recruits coming in, it's going to create a ton of issues really uh, with the current scholarship setup. I mean, you only get uh, 85 scholarships. I think Miami right now is hovering below that number. Uh, but there's, if all their seniors came back, that would create an issue. So me and you, I mean, before we even hit record on this and a lot of people on social media and a lot of people have written about this, they think that the NCAA will, um, you know, maybe give you some more room. But, but really, I, I, I mean, as of right now, assuming there's no scholarship changes, that means Miami could ask all their seniors to come back and play in 2021 and, and probably get it done, um, which I think could get crazy. Right. I mean, okay, so the the scholarship uh, conversation, let's just say, you know, if they do pass this um, this new rule ruling for one year, I think that does mean like the NCAA has got to bump up. So right now the NCAA rule is 85 scholarships. That would maybe get bumped up to 100. Maybe if you go 85 plus 25, it's 110. I mean, I do think you got to bump up the allowed scholarship count, right? Even if seniors don't count. Um, so that's something they got to figure out. But yeah, okay. So if seniors are able to come back, um, you know, obviously from a Miami perspective, that that means what would Derek King do at quarterback? Um, what's your take? What's your feeling? Do you think? Let's say Derek goes out and has a, a good season like we kind of expect. Um, do you think well, okay. he'd come back? I've been thinking a lot about this uh, all, all kind of all morning. Um, so I think I wrote down – this is the list of guys I wrote down that would be eligible to come back in, in 2021. You got Derek King, Quincy Roche, Mike Harley, Amari Carter, Jose Borgales, Zach McLeod, Jared Williams, and John Ford. And – I'm, I'm probably missing a, a few of those guys. Now, uh, I think Roche will probably go to the yeah. NFL regardless unless he's hurt. Um, where I, Pretty much everyone else on this list, though, I think they would have a, a, a decision to make. Now, remember John Ford, for some reason, uh, there was talk of him you know, even declaring for this past NFL draft, and yes. he decided to come back. So I think you maybe lean towards him leaving. Um, but what about a guy like... Amari Carter. I mean, Amar is Amari Carter an NFL player? Probably not. Um, but he's right. a, a good college player, a, a high right. academic player. I I could see him being like, you know what? I'm gonna start my doctorates or or something, and, and him come back. I definitely think Mike Harley uh, would stay. Um, Derek yeah. King, I, I don't know. Uh, he, he what was his reaction? He, he retweeted that news. What was it like? He like. I think he said like, hmm, and then like an emoji of a thinking smiley face, I think, if I remember right. But yeah, it was kind of like, he clearly knows this ruling is out there, is the point. Um, so, I mean, maybe maybe he comes back. I mean, really, he has not played 
much football. And if he submitted NFL draft pay, feedback and, 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 you know, there's already that story out there that's been written about how some NFL scouts view him as a wide receiver. Maybe he wants to stay around and prove that, Hey, I'm actually a quarterback. So, right. uh, who knows? Um, it, it's just interesting. And, and look, now maybe Miami gets Jose Borregales for two years. Uh, right. You get Jared, Jared Williams for two years. Zach McLeod be playing like his seventh year. I mean, it's certainly interesting. And, and another, I wrote this on our message board. So Zach McLeod to me is an interesting one. If let's say he goes out and is solid this year, and he's on that bubble of like, you know, maybe you get drafted in the seventh round, maybe you don't. I mean, maybe this is a dumb question, but if you're Miami, do you definitely want him to come back? Or would you be mm -hmm. like, yeah, maybe you should go test the NFL draft waters because, you know, I mean, I, I think Miami has some talented young linebackers that they would want to see get on the field next year. What, what's your I, take on that? I mean, I don't really know the answer to that. I just think your opinion though okay my opinion is manny is going to tell his players to do whatever he thinks is best for them yeah. um and, and go back to when we had greg on greg russo on the podcast i mean that's what he basically outlined about his decision so i think you know uh, i mean man we always talking about trimming guys from uh recruiting classes dropping this commit or that commit now Miami's gonna have to think about that on their actual roster i i think I mean, if, if McLeod wanted to come back, you would say yes, and why? Right. Well, right now you're scheduled to open the 2021 season uh, against Alabama. I mean, who knows what the landscape of college football will look like um, You know, two months from now. I mean, heck, a full year from now, it could be anything. But let's say it is Alabama. I mean, this, this is what I was also going to bring up. I think my, this ruling helps Miami – against Alabama. I mean, everyone's going to think, well, all of Alabama's seniors are going to come back. And it's like, eh, probably not. I think most of those right. guys are, are already projected to be um, day, day one, day two picks. So those guys are all going to go. So I just thought that was interesting. And I mean, Derek King against Alabama, like sign me up for that yes. right now. Right. And let's be real too. You know, this, this ruling is going to benefit programs that have their their culture on point in an atmosphere where the players don't want to leave right so if Miami goes out and has a good season and Derek King enjoys playing for Manny Diaz and Rhett Lashley I think there's a good chance Derek King comes back uh, this this ruling's also gonna benefit player to you know programs that pride themselves on player development because the younger players also just get a free season right so you know to me that means a lot on those line of scrimmage positions so you know uh for the future Jalen Rivers Isaiah Walker all these guys get an extra year that also means for the older guys the starters Miami gets even more years of Corey Gaynor they can bring like you said Jared oh. Wood potentially back next year so you know I think the programs that have their culture in order and where guys don't really want to bounce and the programs that really do develop their players over time, which is what Manny Diaz wants to do at Miami. He's been very clear about that. Uh, you know, this ruling is good, is really going to benefit. And I think too, it's fair to point out 
I, in my opinion, this ruling is only going to uh, make more transfers possible. And we've seen how Miami has been successful in landing the, the better players in the transfer portal. So I think this ruling, you know, there's scenarios where guys who really handle their academics, they could be third, three-year true sophomores transferring, uh, you know, as graduate transfers, true sophomores. And, you know, I just think in general, there's going to be a chance that the transfer portal becomes even more of a thing because, you know, like we've said too, the, the log jam that could happen with depth charts, et cetera. Um, so I, overall, if Miami goes out and handles their business this season, if Manny Diaz, uh, all the changes he's made are successful, this ruling is another thing, in my opinion, that's only going to help Miami. Well, I, I mean, I think we both would agree Manny is trying to become a player's coach. Uh, and, and you mentioned you want to, he wants to create a culture where guys want to come back. And I don't quite think Miami's there yet. Right. Um, and this you know, next offseason could potentially uh, you know, dictate, I guess, what direction that goes. Uh, let's take a quick break. Other side, I want to get into the quarterbacks that Miami is set to face this season because uh, Pro Football Focus ranked all the starting quarterbacks uh, uh, for the 2021 season or the projected starters, and Miami's facing a lot of good ones. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, David, so we, as of right now, there's a full season. Miami's going to play a full schedule. Um, and I mentioned it, Pro Football Focus, every year what they do is they rank the 130 quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks or, or quarterback situations. You know, last season you would describe Miami's as a quarterback situation. They went with Jaron Williams and Nikosi Perry. Tate Martell even got snaps. Um, so that they rank him in the preseason at the midway point, and then they rank them at the uh, end of – the season right now uh, in the preseason rankings, Miami's Derek King checks in at number 11 overall real quick. What are your thoughts on him being 11? Cause I thought that was pretty high. I mean, I think if you look at it, I think he's right around that top 10 mark. Um, so I, I honestly think it's fair to me. It, it kind of depends on which Derek King do you think we will see this year? Do you think we'll see the 2018 Derek King where he was the 50 touchdown guy uh, under the Kendall Bryles type of offense, which 
is a similar style of offense that Rhett Lashley's trying to do at Miami? Or do you think he's going to be the 2019 version of De'Ara King in the Dana Holgerson type system where things just didn't really click? And, you know, quite frankly, De'Ara's numbers weren't all that great, all that notable. So, you know, I think if, if you lean towards you believe De'Ara is going to be closer to the 2018 version, I don't think just outside the top 10 is, is all that crazy in my opinion. Um, no, I, I, and I agree. So I was, I was writing this story and, you know, I read about De'Ara King and I was like, all right, let's see where the rest of Miami's quarterbacks rank according to pro football focus. And you have to remember they ranked all 130, but you have the big 12 and uh, the Pac-12. They're not, they're not playing. And who else isn't playing at the Mountain West? I, UConn. Mountain I, West, the MAC. Yeah. Select schools, but really it's the big 12, big 10 and Pac-12, like you said. So I think right now there's like 70 schools. Um, so off the bat, Miami's already facing two of the top five quarterbacks in the country, according to pro football focus. Number one, Clemson's Trevor Lawrence, number four, North Carolina, Sam Howell. Uh, that's kind of a given. I mean, but to face two of those guys is pretty daunting. I, I, I would think, I mean, I know Miami's defense is good, but man, those are, those are two of them. And then this stretch right here coming in at number 22, Louisville's Mikel Cunningham, Number 32, UAB's Tyler Johnston. Number 33, Pitt's Kenny Pickett. Number 35, Virginia Tech's Hendon Hooker. Remember, Hendon Hooker beat Miami last season. Number 37, Wake's Forest's Sam Hartman. Uh, do want to point out that Sam Hartman's top target, uh, yeah. Surratt, the receiver, he, he announced that he's opting out of the season. Number 52, Virginia's uh, Jarrett Dodge. Number 79, FSU's James Blackman number 92, NC State's Devin Leary, and the number 126, Georgia Tech's James Graham, excuse me. Uh, and James Graham actually beat Miami last season. So right. uh, just, want, just want to throw that in there. So basically it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight quarterbacks inside that top 55, which is pretty, pretty yeah. crazy, I think. Yeah, I think in general, the ACC – especially when you consider Notre Dame's Ian Book, who I think is a pretty good college-level quarterback. Uh, the ACC has some good quarterbacks this year. Um, the way I would, in terms of the ones Miami's facing, I would kind of divide it up as Trevor Lawrence, Sam Howell in that top tier, like NFL-level type quarterbacks. I think Trevor Lawrence obviously going to be a number one overall pick. Sam Howell, there's still some question marks, but I think he'll he'll be an NFL quarterback, whether that's as a starter or backup, et cetera. And both those guys can can sling it. Both those guys can test the defense with deep balls. And so Miami's going to have to be on point in, in coverage against those guys and with their pass rush to put pressure on them uh, to make them uncomfortable. And if if Miami doesn't have those two things in those games – then you better hope Miami's offense uh, can, can win a shootout. Um, and, and I think it's fair to point out, too, to be honest, that Miami's quarterback, Derek King, uh, we're assuming helps, or we, we are optimistic, can help make Miami's offense be more potent than it was last year. And if that happens, in a way, that does help your defense. Because if you have an offense that's, consistently scoring points 
it puts the team you're going against in a, okay, we have to score now to keep up. So, and, and more times than not, that means that team has to throw the ball a lot, which kind of, as we've seen over the years with the Manny Diaz style defense, that plays into what Manny wants. He wants his defensive line to be able to pin their ears back and rush the passers. So I think it's worth pointing out that Miami's quarterback uh, is, is also going to help the defense in a, in a way against these good passers. I think um, I, I would say, again, we're going to get into some Louisville talk. Oh. <laughs> I well, think like, uh, you, you, go ahead. Can we, can we point out uh, Brad Crawford for the, uh, 24-7 Sports National writer, he wrote a story saying, like, must-win game for each ACC team, and it was Louisville for uh, Miami. Yeah. So we're not the only one with this line of thinking. I think that's fine. I think, I mean, Louisville is a good game. Louisville certainly has enough firepower to beat Miami. I'm not saying otherwise. But I will say, I think a lot of people are ma- – like, I've seen a lot of people say Mikhail Cunningham is better than De'Ara King. I'm not, I'm not sure I totally agree with that at all. I think, that's a, I think if people have that opinion, they are mainly just looking at his stat line from last year, which is, is fairly impressive, fairly solid, um, and they are assuming he's going to continue to take a jump this year in year two in Scott Satterfield's system, which – Again, I think it's fair. But I think it's also fair to point out Mikhail Cunningham benefits from playing with Tutu Atwell at wide receiver, Des Fitzpatrick at wide receiver, both of, both of whom I think are – I mean, Tutu definitely an NFL guy. I think Des is too, to be honest. He also plays with one of the better uh, running backs in the conference in Javian Hawkins. So Mikhail Cunningham is good. I'm just not sure it's, it's like the numbers he puts up is because he's good or if it's because he's surrounded by so many good players. I think it's also worth pointing out, you know, last year Louisville, they won a lot of tight games, and, but they also lost a lot of blowouts. And in blowouts, you can definitely accumulate garbage stats. Yeah. Yeah. So how many of, of Cunningham's stats kind of qualify for that category? So is he good? Yes. He, he's definitely a dual threat guy that, that is dangerous and Miami's going to definitely have to account for. But I'm not sure, like everyone's making him out to be some like borderline superstar quarterback. I don't know if like, in my opinion, I think Hendon Hooker is better. And I'm not like the biggest Hendon Hooker fan, to be honest, but I think those two are kind of closer to the same type level or tier in the ACC than like, like, I don't think Mikhail is the type of passer Derek King is, to be honest. So, and I don't think he's the type of runner Derek is either. So, you know, those are, that's my take there. And then I think the next tier of ACC quarterbacks is interesting because it's like veteran types who, you know, don't have an NFL future, but they are solid college quarterbacks. Guys like Kenny Pickett. I would probably even put James Blackman there, even though he certainly has question marks, but he's a solid guy that started plenty of games and 
And who knows, maybe this Mike Norvell offense can kind of tap into his potential and make him a little more consistent. I would even put, you talked about Sam Hartman, Wake Forest. Yes, it definitely hurts that they, uh, they lost their best receiver in Sage Surratt. But he's a guy that has some starting experience, even though Jamie Newman left Wake Forest. Hartman was the starter at Wake Forest in 2018. And then he lost that job to Jamie Newman last year, 2019. So there's some talent there, uh, being able to beat out a guy like Jamie Newman for the starting job. So your overall point is definitely true. Like Miami is going to face a talented group of quarterbacks week after week after week. Um, but I think it's fair to point out, like Miami's in that mix too. Like Derek King, I think is, is one of the more talented quarterbacks in the conference. And like I said, I think people overlook what that means for Miami's defense. I think if Miami's scoring a bunch of points on offense, that's only going to help this. Because in my opinion, the defense is kind of like a quote unquote, and, and don't take this as a negative thing, but like a front running defense, right? So like when Miami gets that lead, good luck coming back on them because that's when this defense is at its best. So I think even more so having a guy like Derek King at quarterback helps Miami's defense in that regard. Um, well, I was going to bring up like Miami's facing all these quarterbacks. It's not like Miami's defense doesn't have some good pass rushers. Yes. Right. Greg Russo is gone, but it seems like the staff thinks Jalen Phillips is like pretty freaky good. Um, yes. That's the vibe I get. And they've been pretty spot on when they kind of highlight guys at this time of the year. I mean, um, two seasons ago, it was Willis. Yep. Um, who like who was it this this past year? I, I think. Well, Rousseau is Rousseau has always had hype, right? I mean, he did right. have that back issue last camp, but when he was playing, everyone was like, "Yo, he's a freak." And and right. they've they've always highlighted John Garvin, who you know was a was a very good college pass rusher too. So yeah, I mean, and to your point, you look at the guy like Mikhail Cunningham and Hendon Hooker. Those are the dual threat guys, right? So those are the guys that can mitigate Miami's pass rush the best, probably. Um, so Miami's going to have, have to have some other answers for those, those two quarterbacks in my mind. Um, oh, not breaking news to the podcast, but UAB will play a, a game before they face Miami, um, according to this tweet on my, on my timeline. Oh yeah, uh, UAB is going to play September third against Central Arkansas. Quick turnaround, quick turnaround because they play Miami on that on that Thursday. You know, this is like side tangent, but I was trying to find like a schedule of college football games in terms of like ones that haven't been canceled or postponed, and like just like so I can plan out my viewing guide. Can't find one anywhere. <laughs> Like you go to you go yeah. to any site, it's just like canceled, canceled. It's like, all right, can someone just compile a list of games that are actually being played? All fluid right now, man. But yeah, I mean, if if UAB does play that game, that's only a good thing for Miami, right? Like, obviously, you get film on your opponent, and they don't have film on you yet. So, I mean, again, it's UAB. Miami should know, win. I mean, are you are you have you watched the NBA bubble? I mean, most of the guys. That- didn't play any games before uh, the top seeds are getting upset. No, I, 
I just thought that that was that was notable. Um, it is notable. And I, I was surprised to see Tyler Johnston, UAB's quarterback, uh, sitting at number thirty-two overall. I was like, whoa. Yeah, he's uh, a good Group of Five quarterback, and they they have a very good receiver in Austin Watkins, who you know probably an NFL guy to be honest. Number yeah, Watkins number forty-five on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Right. So UAB, we've said it in previous podcasts. Should Miami win that game? Yes. No doubt. But it's also fair to point out Miami lost to Louisiana Tech and FIU last year. And in my opinion, UAB is a better team than both those teams. So, um, you know, <laughs> take that how you want to take it. Well, I also said on a previous podcast that that would be the only game of the night, but the NFL does open the season that night as well. Uh, so, oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. So maybe I, if I'm – I, I mean, see, we don't even know who's televising these games, uh, but maybe right. they maybe they go with an earlier start. I mean, because the NFL doesn't get going until like 9 p.m. Right. I mean, it's fair to say, though, I mean, college football fans probably be watching it, maybe. So, it, it, But it, oh, I was going to circle back, to, and then I'm just thinking about this as well. So that's the second straight year, Miami's like the first game of the season. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. Florida they're playing, but they're playing UAB, and I think – I don't know. I think that I like, I think it'll not help with recruiting, but yeah, I mean, all these high school kids, it's not like they're They're playing games. Right. I think you're going to get a lot of eyes on you. Yeah. If Miami goes out and, and, you know, puts an exciting offensive product on the field in that game, it's definitely going to generate some buzz. I think. No, yeah. Gabby's going to be like texting all the recruits getting reactions on the, on the spread (laughs) offense. I'm here for it, man. I'm all about it. And uh, I guess one one last ruling that we should kind of note is that came from the NCAA is uh, they said that recruits will not need an SAT or ACT score uh, to qualify. And that, that applies to the t- class of 2021, although I'm pretty sure that was the same case for the class of 2020. Uh, they made that decision pretty early on in the, in the COVID pandemic. Uh, Gabby Yerudia, who is our, our colleague, obviously he reported that uh, that'll now allow Khalil Brantley, the tight end commit out of Miami Northwestern. He's going to now for sure enroll yeah. early. Um, and we were talking about this, like Miami hasn't had very many academic casualties as of late. Right. So I don't know how much this really helps them, but uh, some good peace in mind there, I think. Yeah, and maybe it opens up the door for more guys to enroll early if they want to, right? I, I do. I will say, like you said, they haven't really had academic casualties in recent years, and uh, to that point, I don't even know if like test scores, the test scores have have really even been an issue either. Um, well, it, it it was with Willie Moise, um, right. but then it got sorted out, and then it was, I, I think. And again, this might be me speculating, so I don't want this to be taken as like hard facts. I think if you don't have a certain GPA, at some point Miami can get you in, but then you have to take an academic redshirt. And that's why we saw Avery Huff do that, Cam Williams. Like Miami has a little little bit more leeway than some of these other schools, I think, from what I've heard, where they can get guys in that are maybe – are qualified but not fully qualified and, and have them practice instead of going to yeah. uh, a prep school or a junior college. And I mean, honestly, like is, is junior college football still going to exist after all this? I, I've also been kind of tossing that idea around in my head. 
It's going to be tough. I mean, are they even playing? I honestly don't know. Uh, no, I, they, they're not. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Jaron Williams is just sitting out of junior college with yeah, – um, Yeah. I just go back to the last chance you with Malik Henry, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, Juco is not a place you want to be. All right, David, what do you got coming up on the site? I'll tell you, uh, this weekend, me and Gabby, we are going to be at a offensive def- slash defensive lineman showcase uh, in, in Broward County. I think some, some big it. names are expected to be out there. Um, class of 2023 rankings did come out on Wednesday. I know pretty much no one knows any of their names, but uh, Miami is involved, I think, with the top player, the surest thing, I think, in the 2023 class in terms of down here in South Florida, and that's Brandon Innes, uh, the wide receiver. He's kind of like a, a legend, so I, I wrote about that. Um, but, yeah, so look for, for coverage from that camp. I think, like, Shamar Turner, Tyreek Sapp's going to be there. Um, wow. and I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure other stuff will, will happen. And then, look, man, high schools are starting practice next week, so I've heard yeah. some, some schools in South Florida are going to um, at least put on the helmets. Yeah, and from a team perspective, um, you know, as far as we know right now, Manny told us that their second scrimmage is going to be Saturday. So if that holds true, you know, there's going to be plenty of takeaways uh, from that scrimmage. So definitely want to be checking out the site this weekend with with this camp going on and with uh, Miami scrimmages. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Take care.